1930, life in Australia was tough. Jobs were hard to get, money was scarce. But there was a guaranteed way of making some cash. If you could scrape together a shilling, a pound, or a fiver, you could put it on a horse. Not just any horse, but a horse that was bound to win. A sure thing. Far lap. G'day guys and welcome to Aussie English. My objective here is to teach you guys the English spoken down under. So whether you want to speak like a fair dinkum Aussie, or you just want to understand what the flippin' hell we're on about when we're having a yarn, you've come to the right place. So sit back, grab a cuppa, and enjoy Aussie English. G'day, you mob. How's it going? Decided to call you guys you mob. You know, come up with a name for the listeners, get you guys a little bit more Australian culture. You mob is the kind of expression that people often use in Australia to refer to a group of people. And it comes from the idea that a mob of kangaroos is a group of kangaroos. And so you use the collective noun mob to talk about a group of kangaroos. And so a lot of Australians will say you mob instead of you guys or you lot. So get a you mob. How are you going? Today's intro scene is a snippet from a story by Animal X TV on YouTube. And again, link is in the transcript or on the website. It's about Australia's and maybe the world's greatest ever racehorse, Farlap. So ask any Australian and they'll know the name Farlap. It seemed like a good time to tell you guys about him, considering today's expression is related to horses. So his death was nearly as mysterious as his career was successful. But we'll get into that in today's Aussie Facts. So as usual, guys, g'day. Welcome to the Aussie English Podcast. This is the number one podcast for anyone and everyone wanting to learn Australian English. Whether you want to learn to understand Aussies or you want to learn to speak like an Australian, this is the podcast for you. And it's brought to you by the Aussie English Classroom, an online learning environment where you get all the bonus content for these expression episodes and the interview episodes on the podcast with courses, lessons, quizzes. You can meet other people. There are speaking challenges. There's a whole bunch of extra content in there designed to help you learn Australian English even faster. So, don't forget to sign up and give that a go if you haven't already. It's a dollar for your first month. Links in the description. And also, don't forget to get the free downloads for today's episode as well. Make sure you go to the website and download the transcript and the MP3 if you want to study this anywhere, anytime. So, today, guys, let's get into the Aussie joke. Today's Aussie joke, again, related to horses. You'll remember in the last expression episode, to stab someone in the back, I told a joke about so-and-so walking into a bar. So, those walking into a bar jokes are very popular in English. And today's is another one, and it fits well with the horse theme for today's episode. Okay, so here's the joke. A horse walks into a bar one day and the bartender says, hey, and the horse says, you read my mind. You read my mind. Do you get that, guys? A horse walks into a bar one day 
And the bartender, the guy behind the bar, says, hey. And the horse says, you read my mind, as in you knew exactly what I was thinking, because horses like to eat hay, except hay, the food, the the grass that horses eat, is spelled H-A-Y. And the greeting hay, which the bartender used there, is H-E-Y. So it's another pun for you guys with the word hay. All right, today's expression, guys, is don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. I wonder if you guys have heard this expression before. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. So it's a proverb, a short An expressive saying in common use, recognized as conveying an accepted truth or useful advice. So I'm sure you've got two questions, though. What the hell is a gift horse and why should I not look it in the mouth? So this is one of those expressions I've heard and I learnt from a very young age, but I never really understood what it meant literally until I was much older. And I'm sure that happens to you guys in your native language, too. Anyway, before we go through the definition of the expression and its origin, let's go through the definition of the words in the expression. Okay, so to look. The verb to look is to examine with the eyes. To examine with the eyes. And if you look something in the something, say you could look something in the face, you could look something in the back, whatever it is, it's to face something um, with your eyes and look at that thing. So, if you look something in the mouth, you're examining it and looking into its mouth with your eyes. You're looking something in the mouth. A horse, I'm sure you guys know what a horse is. It's a four-legged farm animal, often ridden by people as a hobby or for farm work or in sports. It's a mammal, a horse, it's got a long neck. They tend to be about, what, eight, nine, ten feet high. They tend to be pretty tall. A gift horse is a horse given to someone as a gift, a gift horse. A horse given as a gift, given as a present. And the last word, a mouth, I'm sure you guys know what a mouth is. A mouth is what I'm currently using to talk. Um, It is the orifice on an animal's head in which food is placed, chewed or swallowed. Or in the case of me right now, it is the thing I am using to talk. So those are the different words in today's expression. But let's go through the expression itself and define that. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. And I should add, you are going to hear this in the negative most often. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. You probably won't ever hear, oh yeah, look a gift horse in the mouth in the affirmative there. All right, so the definition. We've established that a gift horse is a horse given to someone as a gift or as a present. So when purchasing horses back in the day, you know, back in the past, it was a good idea, probably still is a good idea, to check the horse's health and age by examining the quality of its teeth. And in order to look at the teeth, you have to look the horse in the mouth. Longer teeth obviously mean the horse is older because they have teeth that keep growing. And fewer teeth obviously suggest the horse might be in poor health and you don't want a horse that can't eat. So the idea behind the expression, don't look a gift horse in the mouth, is that it's bad manners to examine, to inspect or to scrutinise a gift and wish for more than you've been given. It shows mistrust towards the giver right? You don't get something for free and then examine to see if it's up to your standards. So, don't look a gift horse in the mouth effectively just means don't be ungrateful when you receive 
a gift. So the origin of this expression. This was another one of these cool English expressions that is quite old, and some of the sentences that I'm about to read to you are in Middle English. So I really recommend reading the transcript and checking out the spelling of some of these words. Okay. So anyway. As with most proverbs, the origin of "don't look a gift horse in the mouth" is pretty ancient and unknown. It's at least 450 to 500 years old in the English language, and it appeared in print in English in 1546 in John Haywood's "A Dialogue Containing the Number in Effect of All the Proverbs in the English Tongue." And again, I recommend looking up how that's spelt. So you'll see the old English spelling before it was standardized. So it was written in this book: "No man ought to look a given horse in the mouth." So make sure you check out the spelling, guys. There, one thing you might notice is that there are lots of U's where there should be V's. And so prior to the standardization of English spelling, U was obviously used instead of a V. So Haywood likely obtained this phrase though from a Latin text from Saint Jerome, the letter to the Ephesians. And this is from 400 AD, so 1,600 years old, which contains the text "Noli equi dentes in specere donate," which is Latin that I have probably mispronounced, and it means "Never inspect the teeth of a given horse." So, where Saint Jerome got it from, who knows? But one thing for sure is that this is a very old expression. So as usual, guys, let's go through some examples of how I would use the expression "Don't look a gift horse in the mouth." We'll go through a little listen and repeat exercise, and then we'll go through today's Aussie fact. So examples. Example number one: Imagine you're a young kid. You're 18 years old in Australia. You've finally gotten your license, so you've gotten your P plates, your probationary plates. Once you've completed your license test to drive, you got your license. Your dad and your mum have scraped together all this money. They've they've scraped together some savings to buy you your first car. This is something that I didn't have the luxury of. My parents helped me; they gave me a little bit of money, but they didn't buy me the car outright just for me. So your parents tell you it's out the front of your house, and that you guys should walk outside and check it out.、Um, and the first thing that you do once they take you out there is look under the hood of the car to see if there's an oil leak, to see if there's anything wrong with the engine, and maybe you notice something, and then you complain about it and you say, "Oh, there's an issue with the car that you've given me." Your folks might tell you, "Don't look a gift horse in the mouth, mate. It's a free car." Why are you complaining? Don't be ungrateful. Don't question what you've received as a gift. Just take it and be happy. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Example number two: Imagine that you've gone on a road trip through the Aussie outback. Maybe you've gone to see Uluru, or maybe you've gone to see I don't know any of these other places out in the Australian outback.、Um, you've gone with your mates, and the car that you've had has broken down. You've waited for a few days and you've run out of food and water. So now you guys decide together that you'll have to set off on a hike back down the road, which is incredibly long. Maybe it's a hundred kilometers, and you know that it's dangerous,、um, but you need water and food. Just as you guys get ready to set off, someone happens to drive down the road and find you. You turn to your mate and you say, "What are the chances of this?" Why on earth is someone here? Why would they be driving down this road? It's so desolate. And your friend might say, "Dude, don't question it. 
Be happy that someone saved us from dehydration, from an unpleasant death in the desert. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Don't be ungrateful. Don't question what you've received. Just take it and be happy. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. All right, last example. Example number three. You and your friends are getting ready to go out on the town. So maybe you're some girls, you're some sheilas, you're putting on your makeup, you're doing your, you're tarting yourself up a little bit, making yourself look nice so that when you go out on the town, you know, you can have a good time with your friends. So you call up an Uber or you call a taxi and it's really busy that night. You know, it's a Saturday night, the busiest night of the week for people going out. And they say they're going to take an hour to come and pick you up. So, you guys reconcile yourselves to waiting, but one of you decides, your mate decides, ah, screw this, I'm going to message one of my friends and see if they can give us a lift. So, they can come and pick us up and drive us to this place. So, this person calls their mate who says, no dramas, all good, I'll come get you now. And you say that you don't actually like that person. So, your friend's friend, you don't like, and you'd rather not get a lift with them and just wait instead. And your friend turns to you and says, dude, Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Don't complain. Let's just get this lift. It's a short trip. We'll be there in no time and we can start partying. Don't be ungrateful. Don't question what you've received. Just take it and be happy. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. So, I hope you guys understand now what the expression don't look a gift horse in the mouth can mean. It can mean don't be ungrateful when you receive a gift. Don't be critical of that gift. Don't refuse something you've been given. Or don't be unappreciative of or question a gift that you've received. So, as usual, let's go through a little listen and repeat exercise, guys. So, this is your chance to practice your pronunciation, your Australian or your English intonation, the rhythm of speaking. Imitate me exactly as I speak in order to practice your pronunciation, guys. This is your chance to do so. Let's go. To. To look. To look a. To look a gift, to look a gift horse, to look a gift horse in, to look a gift horse in the, to look a gift horse in the mouth, to look a gift horse in the mouth, to look a gift horse in the mouth, to look a gift horse in the mouth. To look a gift horse in the mouth. I'd never look a gift horse in the mouth. You'd never look a gift horse in the mouth. He'd never look a gift horse in the mouth. She'd never look a gift horse in the mouth. We'd never look a gift horse in the mouth. They'd never look a gift horse in the mouth. It'd never look a gift horse in the mouth. Great job, guys. Great job. Remember, if you want to practice your pronunciation and focus on the connected speech in more depth from today's episode, from today's listen and repeat exercise, make sure that you join up to the Aussie English Classroom where we go through this in detail. This is the place where I try to really teach you guys how to speak with an Australian English accent and you can focus on all the nitty-gritty detailed stuff. So, remember, you can try that for a dollar for the first month when you sign up. Just head over to the Aussie English Classroom dot 
com. So today, guys, we're going to go through Farlap. We're going to talk about Farlap in the Aussie English fact. So Farlap was a champion thoroughbred racehorse, and he was born on the fourth of October in nineteen twenty-six. So about ninety years ago, he died at the age of five on the fifth of April, nineteen thirty-two, under very mysterious circumstances, which we'll get onto in a bit. So the name Farlap derives from a Zhuang and Thai word for lightning, and literally means sky flash. He had other nicknames too, including Wonder Horse, Red Terror, Bobby, and Big Red. He was foaled in New Zealand and trained and raced in Australia by Harry Telford. And Farlap was a chestnut gelding and was sired by a horse named Night Raid from a black New Zealand-bred thoroughbred mare called Entreaty. He was purchased at auction for a mere 160 guineas in 1928 by an American businessman named David J. Davis, who had been persuaded to buy the horse by a Sydney trainer named Harry Telford. Initially thinking it was an amazing bargain, Davis became pretty angry once he received the colt and it arrived with a face covered in warts, a very gangly figure. And a very awkward gait when it was walking. In order to placate Davis, Telford agreed to train the horse for free in exchange for a two-third share of any winnings, which was a very good choice, as you guys will find out. Although standing a winning racehorse at stud could be quite lucrative, Telford gelded Farlap, meaning that he castrated the horse so that it couldn't have babies in the future, hoping that the colt would then concentrate on racing. Instead of obviously concentrating on female horses, Farlap lived up to the saying: "Looks can be deceiving, and don't judge a book by its cover." As he received training from Telford and began to win races, his achievements captured the public's imagination in Australia during the early years of the Great Depression, and he had a very distinguished career and dominated Australian racing, winning a Melbourne Cup. Two Cox plates and an AJC Derby, as well as nineteen other weight for age races. So he won thirty-four out of thirty-eight races that he was entered into, including fourteen of these in a row. He won fourteen in a row. He was the only horse to have been favourite for the Melbourne Cup three times in a row, and as a result of his success. Bookmakers started to lose a lot of money, and the mafia and other groups were not happy about this, especially when he headed over to the U.S. So soon after doing really well in Australia, he went to a race in the Americas, Agua Caliente Handicap in Tijuana, Mexico, and he won this in record time in his final race. At the time, he was the third highest stakes winner in the world. He had been bought for only 160 guineas, which was 130 dollars at the time, and had won nearly 67,000 pounds, which is 6.3 million dollars in today's money. So he was bought for the equivalent of about 13,000 dollars, and ended up earning his his owners 6.3 million dollars. Not a bad return on investment, hey guys. So Farlap suffered a sudden and mysterious illness in 1932 in Atherton, California. 
Farlap's strapper, Tommy Woodcock, found Farlap in severe pain with a high temperature early on the 5th of April 1932. Within a few hours, Farlap had hemorrhaged to death. An autopsy revealed the horse's stomach and intestines were inflamed, leading many to believe that the horse had been deliberately poisoned. Later research found evidence suggesting other possible causes, though, including an acute bacterial gastroenteritis, so an infection of the stomach and intestines, or that it could have been poisoning by a single dose of arsenic. On top of this, anecdotal evidence from a friend of the late strapper for the horse, though, Tommy Woodcock, suggests the horse was allowed to graze on pasture covered in a poisonous plant the night before his death. It was also thought that the mafia at the time were getting frustrated with him winning all of these different races and they may have played a part in the horse's death as well. So it's uncertain whether or not we will ever know how the horse Farlap died, but one thing for sure is that he lives on in the imagination of many Australians and had an amazing career. And if you would like to check out Farlap, you can see his taxidermied body at Museum Victoria in Victoria, in Melbourne, or you can check out his huge heart, a massive 6.2 kilos, nearly twice the size of a regular horse's heart, at the National Museum of Australia in Canberra. So that's it for today, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed learning about Farlap. And just remember, don't look a gift horse in the mouth next time someone gives you something, and I'll chat to you mob later. See ya. G'day, mate. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Aussie English Podcast. If you wish to support the podcast and help me keep bringing you content, you can do so via my Patreon page. Remember, it's my mission here at Aussie English not only to help you understand Australian English, but to speak it like a native. If that's your goal, make sure you enroll in the Aussie English Classroom, guys, where you'll get all the bonus content for today's episode designed to improve your English even faster. Have a ripper of a day and I'll see you in class.